Hello there, and welcome once again to Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimak. Today we're going to look at the Give Up Worry for Good material for week three, I'm sorry, week four, day four. Week four, day four. It's all about contentment. Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with what God has decided is best for you? So many times, let's be honest, that's not the case. And we we all struggle with this. This is such a challenge for us because we think if only, if only this would work out, if only this problem would go away, then I'd be able to be at peace. Then I'd be able to spend more time in prayer. Then I'd be able to focus more on God. Then I'd be able to give more money at church. If only, if only things were different. If only my wife was more understanding. If only I had a better job. If only I had more motivation. You know, I could go on and on and on. But learning to be content, learning to be content is such an important part of our being at peace. And as we go through this week of Give Up Worry for Good, the week devoted to learning to do and doing what we can in the process, so important. It's so important for us to learn to be content. So I'm so glad you're here. Today is, uh, what is it, Thursday, July the 8th. And uh, as we go through this eight-week summer program, I am just so blessed to be a part of this. I'm blessed that you are here, and it's possible that you are listening to a rebroadcast of this this program, which is great because now we have all of these uh, these episodes archived. So whenever you are doing this, I am just glad that you are here, and the Lord has you here for a reason. And again, we're going to focus on Give Up Worry for Good, week four, day four today. We're, we're, we're at the halfway point now. We're we're completing the fourth week, and we still have weeks five, six, seven, and eight to go. Pretty good how I do that math without a calculator, right? We're, we're at the halfway point, but it is a, a real blessing to be able to do this with you. And I I may be the one leading this this exercise, this retreat, whatever you want to call it. I may be the one leading. I may have been the one that wrote the book. I may have been the one on the podcast, but let me tell you, I am getting so much out of doing this as well, because we all need a refresher. We all need a refresher course because it is just way too easy to fall back into our own habits and to begin to not trust, to begin to worry, to begin to catastrophize. I'm, I'm really good at it. I'm a specialist. I'm an expert. I can worry with the best of them, but I have learned the difference that Jesus Christ can make in my life and the peace that he could bring and what happens when the Holy Spirit starts working in in us and in me specifically. And that's what I want to share with you. And that's why I'm so glad we're doing this. So with that in mind, let's turn to our Heavenly Father in prayer as we begin the show. Okay, would you join me? Thank you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, Father, here it is. We're here again. Thank you for being available for us. It's kind of amazing. You are the creator of the universe. The universe would not exist without your um, your permission for it to exist. Without, I, I don't want to use the word control, Father, but you are you're in control. I guess that is probably the best word to use. You are in control of the entire universe, 
If you wished that the universe would go away, it would just go away. But yet, as important as you are, as big of a job as you have, you always make time for your children. And how cool is that? That our dad is a real important big shot. God, almighty God, is my father. That is so important. It's so incredible. And I'm so grateful, Father. I'm grateful that you're here. Thank you for listening to the prayers of us, your children. You know, Father, we are, we are spending this week trying to focus on doing our part in the, the battle to give up worry. Because we know that worry is not something that you want us to do. We know that worry separates us from you, and that's why Jesus instructed us, commanded us to not worry. Instead, to trust you. And that's what he said. Don't worry. His do not worry message was coupled with trust your father message. Especially in Matthew chapter 6. He's very clear about that. Do not worry. Why? Because you got a father who loves you. So, Father, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for providing for all of our needs. Because if you hadn't provided for our needs today and from From the moment we were first conceived, we wouldn't be alive. So we're grateful for that. Father, thank you for loving us into existence. Thank you for allowing us the possibility of living with you forever in heaven when our life on earth is over. Father, we praise you. We thank you. We give you glory. All the honor in the world is yours. We bow down before you, Father. We recognize you as our creator. We recognize ourselves as creatures. And we, Father, Father, we ask you for the grace that we need to make it through the remainder of this day without committing sin, without disappointing you in any way. May everything we say and do, as well as our unseen thoughts, bring glory to your name. And we pray, Father, that as others see us, watch our actions, hear the way we speak, that that gives them, that that they can glorify you and turn to you and give you praise by seeing us in action. Father, we ask that you bless us and our family and our friends. We ask that you handle all of our problems for us, Father, and let us know what we can do, what you would like us to do in terms of fixing our problems. Through the working of your Holy Spirit, Father, please control our emotions. Allow us to recognize negative thoughts and steer away from them back to the truth, The truth that you're all-powerful, that you're all-loving, and that that you are with us at all times. That's the truth. Help us to focus on that, Father. And I ask you to send your Spirit upon me today to give me the words that you would like me to speak. Because I know you have a message for us today, Father. And please open all of our minds and hearts to be receptive to your message and willing to put it into practice. Father, we ask these things in the most holy and sacred name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I want to thank you for praying with me. I really, 
I really appreciate the fact that you are joining me here on the program that I, you know, even though I can't see you with my eyes, I'm looking at the chair in front of me as I record this and I see you there through the eyes of faith using my imagination. I know you're there and I'm so grateful for it. It's the same way with our heavenly father. You know, we can't see him, but as you've heard me say before, he's invisible. He's pure spirit. So the fact that you can't see him is perfectly normal. That's the way it's supposed to work. The problem is, I know, the problem is, it's weird to talk to a person who you can't see, who is there in spirit only. You know, he's present, but he's a spirit. That's weird. Yeah, by the standards of this life, that's extremely weird, but that's what we have faith for, because see, through faith, through faith, we know that God hears our prayers. We know that he's always with us. We forget, but we know that he's always with us. We know that you're not supposed to be able to see him. But when we look around us and we see other human beings with flesh, fleshly bodies, right? We know that they were created in God's image and likeness. So even though they have bodies and he didn't or he doesn't, We can see some of the attributes of God in those around us. Kind of deep, right? It's really amazing, isn't it? But, and then we also have Jesus who did come to earth. While never giving up his divinity, he also took on a human body. And that's why it's great to see images of Jesus because he did have a body composed of flesh and bones, just like you and me. But he was also God. He was fully human and fully God. It's amazing, isn't it? And the Holy Spirit, too. Confusing, too. Tricky to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because unlike the Father and the Son, He doesn't even have a name. He's just a spirit. Holy Spirit. It's weird. It sounds weird. But you know what? I'm going to tell you. The more you get used to speaking to the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the more normal it becomes. And one of the functions, and the Holy Spirit, I, I didn't plan to talk about this, but I feel the Spirit moving me to talk about this. Um, that's why I always pray to ask the Father to, through the Spirit, give me the words that I'm supposed to, to speak about. One of the things, the great things about the Holy Spirit is one of the, the duties, or the functions of the Holy Spirit is to make the Father and the Son more real to us. And in order to stop worrying and trust God to provide for our needs and and follow Jesus in life, right? That's what we're trying to do. They got to become real because if they're not real to us, then we're not going to be able to have a a personal relationship with them or we're not going to want to have a personal relationship with them. And so the Holy Spirit makes the Father more real and the Holy Spirit makes Jesus more real to us. Interestingly enough, the Holy Spirit is content to play a background role in our lives. So he makes the Father more real. He makes the Son more real. But he's content to stay kind of like in the background and be mysterious. And if you look in Scripture, you'll see words attributed to God the Father. You'll see words attributed to God the Son. But you won't see any words attributed to the Holy Spirit. You'll see mentions of the Spirit Paul talks about the Spirit stopped him from going somewhere and urged him to do something else. You'll hear Jesus talk about the Spirit will remind you of everything that he taught, everything that he said. 
But you don't actually hear the Spirit speaking because the Spirit plays a background role. And He's content with that. But He plays a huge role in our lives. And it's through the working of the Holy Spirit that we are able to be transformed into the image of Jesus. That's, you know, that's our role in life, is to be transformed into Jesus. And for those of us who tend to be worriers, who tend to be anxious and have, a, have had a problem with worry, the great thing about being transformed into Jesus, you know, other than the fact, the, the main reason being that that's our role in life, and to share the good news and and love those around us. I mean, that's that's our role in life. So therefore, we do want to be transformed into Jesus so we can act as Jesus in the world. But if you want to look at it, I, I want to, this is a bad choice of words, but from a what's in it for me or a selfish perspective, and please don't don't take that the wrong way, but I don't know how else to word it other than there's plenty of benefits for you uh, that go along with the transformation into Jesus, that transformation is going to enable you to sleep during the storm in the boat, just like Jesus did. And why was he able to sleep when there was a serious storm taking place on the Sea of Galilee while his apostles were freaking out, thinking that they were going to be dying? It's because he trusted. He trusted in the Father's plan. And his concern in life, when Jesus came to earth, his main goal His main concern, everything he did, was all about following the will of the Father. God's will be done. That's how he lived his life. It led him to the cross. But that's his concern. And really, that's what we're called to do, to to follow the will of the Father. Thy will be done. And to really, to let Jesus lead us through life. And if we do that, if we allow ourselves to be transformed into Jesus by the Holy Spirit, we are going to be at peace. Because Jesus was always at peace. doesn't mean we won't suffer. It doesn't mean we won't have problems. But it does mean that we will have peace in life, that supernatural peace that St. Paul talks about in his letter to the Philippians. So that's a hugely important thing for us to remember. The idea that we can be at peace if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. So the Father, the Son, the Spirit, they are all very important to our achieving our final goal, which is to make it to heaven. And also, while we're here, they are all very important in the process of being able to be at peace. It's done through that relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, um, yeah, I didn't expect to talk about that, but I think it's a, it's a crucial thing to understand the role of each person of the Trinity. And sometimes I'll switch up my prayers at the beginning of the show to try to, to, try to point that out. Hey, I'm Gary Zimek. The name of this program is Following the Truth. We are currently going through my book, Give Up Worry for Good. Right now we are on day, uh, sorry, week four, day four. And today's message is all about learning to be content. The week is devoted to doing what you can. And this idea of contentment, of being content with what God allows to happen in your life, what he allows you to have, what he doesn't allow you to have, it's not, a, in, in, it's not an involuntary action. It's not a feeling. It's not a, uh, a subconscious response 
It's a choice. It is a decision to be content. Let's look at this. Um, let's look at this verse. Before we do, I want to direct you to my website, followingthetruth.com. If you want to find out more about information, my uh, my work. If you want to find out about uh, my books, including how to get a copy of Give Up Worry for Good, or if you want to invite me to speak at your parish or your conference to give a retreat. A one-day talk, a parish mission, whatever you want. I still have openings for Lent of 2022, so please, now's the time. If you want to investigate what it would take to bring me into your parish, I'd love to do it. I'm excited to get back on the road again. And once the summer is over, I do have some places I'm going to be headed. So I'd love to come to your church, to your conference, to to share the good news. Followingthetruth.com is the place to go. So the the uh, the reflection for today Again, it's week four of this eight-week period of this eight-week program. Week four, day four. It's Saint Paul's letter to the Philippians. I just I just mentioned it a couple minutes ago, but this particular verse is Philippians four eleven. Paul says this: "I have learned, in whatever state I am, to be content. I have learned, in whatever state I am, to be content." Now, what strikes me about this is the fact that Paul says that he learned, he has learned, in whatever state he is, to be content. This is, um, this is one of the reasons that the church emphasizes fasting during Lent. You know what? I hate to fast. Oh, it's tough for me. I have a really hard time because, because I love comfort. I love comfort. I love to eat what I want. Now, of course, I I have to be smart about things. I don't over, I try not to overeat, but I don't find it easy to give up certain foods because I like what I like. And and I do find comfort in food. It's sort of a weakness and you don't want to be over, overly scrupulous about this, but I think we want to understand some things that if we can learn to be content, we're never going to have everything we want in life. You know, I don't have money to take vacations. I don't have money to eat at restaurants frequently. We just can't do it. I don't have multiple homes. I, I, I don't have, you know, I don't have everything at my disposal, any material possession that I would want. And you know what? I, I honestly realize that that's a good thing because we can easily become overly dependent on the things of the world. But you don't want to go crazy and say, become so austere that you're never, you, you don't allow yourself any earthly pleasure. We're creatures of both spirit and body. So eating a good meal, eating a good piece of cake, that that's a good thing. And God wants you to enjoy those things. You just don't, you don't want to, you don't want to spend all your time chasing after the pleasure given to you in the things of the world. I, I did that. I spent a lot of time doing that because I tried to, especially when I was single, before I got married, I had a good job. I was working in the software industry. I lived, uh, had a condo and I would pretty much buy whatever I wanted, whatever made me feel good. And I had a lot of bad habits too, because I was always seeking pleasure. And if I was having a bad day or if I was anxious about something, if I started to worry, I would just go out and spend money and indulge in earthly pleasures to try to make myself feel better. That doesn't mean, you know, you can't, 
if you're if you have a serious problem, it doesn't mean you can't relax, go out to dinner with your spouse, watch a TV show, read an entertaining book, listen to some music. There's nothing wrong with that. When it becomes wrong is if that's all you're doing. Because God allows these storms, we talked about it yesterday on the show, God allows these storms in our lives so that we will learn to turn to Him, that we'll learn to seek comfort in the midst of the storm in Him. That's what He wants. So if we're doing everything to distract ourselves from the storm and not turning to God in the midst of it and asking you know, because it's an opportunity to grow in faith. If we're just burying ourselves in earthly pleasures, well, that's wrong. God doesn't want us to do that. And again, that's what I did before I really encountered Jesus and surrendered my life to him and gave him a chance to work on my problems and gave him a chance to become a part of my life. You know, I just Whatever whatever felt good. I'm having a bad day. Let me go buy something. Let me go entertain myself. Let me go to the bar. Let me watch TV. Let me, you know, get some great food. But eventually you just can't keep doing that because the things of the world, their pleasure is fleeting. They, they don't last. So what Paul's saying here is that he has learned to be content. And, and how, is, how could he possibly be content when he doesn't have what he wants, well, he turns to Jesus and lets Jesus make up for what's lacking. And Jesus can bring his peace into Paul's life. So therefore, Paul can be sitting in captivity, chained to a Roman guard, as he was in the letter when he wrote the letter to the Philippians, and talk about the fact that he can rejoice and that he does rejoice and that he's content. And I think for us, those of us who tend to worry, in this week devoted to doing what we can, one of the best things we can do is to learn to be content. And really, that's what we're trying to do. One of the the ways you can do that is to thank God for your circumstances. When you wake up in the morning, thank Him for your, your blessings, the things that He's given you, your house, your car, your possessions, whatever you have. Material things, spiritual things. Thank him for your um, relationship with him. Thank you. Thank the Father for sending Jesus. Thank, thank him for the Holy Spirit. Thank him for living, that you live in a free country. Thank him for your faith. Thank you for, uh, thank him for the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. I mean, we can go on and on. And the more grateful you are, and the more you you go through all of your blessings. No matter how you feel when you start, typically what happens is you be, you are more uh, more content and more uplifted and feel better at the end of that list because you realize you don't have it as bad as you think you do. It's hard, though. It's hard. And that's why during Lent the church emphasizes fasting because it helps us to recognize that we can become enslaved to material things. And again, they're not all sinful. It's okay to watch a baseball game and enjoy it. That's okay. God wants you. Any enjoyment that you get from watching that game actually comes from God. But if you're watching TV all the time and you're not praying, if you're not doing good deeds for anybody else, you know, then there's something lacking. You see that, right? So we don't want to just make life one big constant pursuit of pleasure. We want it to be a relationship with God, and I, tr- and I can promise you this. You're going to get more peace 
through that relationship with God than you ever will by chasing the things of the world. So learning to be content is a good thing. You know, you do what you can. You, you work hard, yes, you can make money, have yourself a nice life. God wants you to enjoy yourself. He doesn't want you to be selfish and greedy, but it's okay to enjoy yourself. It is. But if you are constantly wanting more, then, then that, that really is something you can pray for, the ability to be content. You could say, Lord, please help me to be content with what I have. You know, and, and that's an ongoing battle for me. And fasting really becomes an important spiritual exercise because it helps us to recognize just how attractive the world can be to us at the expense of our relationship with God. So when we fast or when we voluntarily give up some things and offer them up, you know, I'm not going to have this big piece of pie. I'm going to have half a piece. And Lord, I, I offer up. Father, I offer up my suffering because that's suffering. And ask that you unite it with the suffering of Jesus. Use it for good. Help somebody. For my, my the conversion of my family and friends or something. You know, like sometimes I'll skip the cream in my coffee. And say, Father, use this. You know. These little things are not really that little. Because any sacrifice we make can be used by God. But I, but I think the, the, the if, I w- if I would have to talk about this contentment thing. I would think it ha- the, the, the best application of it, at least in my mind, is being content with the life that God has chosen you to live. If he's given you a family, maybe that restricts you from, from doing things that you want to do. But you can learn to be content and learn to recognize that God has you where you are for a reason. That doesn't mean you can't ever switch jobs. That doesn't mean your circumstances can't change. That doesn't mean he might not want you to work towards something else. But that comes about through a relationship with him, a a dialogue with him. Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to get another job because I don't feel fulfilled? That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing because the Lord will plant desires in us because sometimes he wants us to grow. He wants us to accomplish something else in life. So contentment is not the same thing as being complacent and lazy. It's just accepting the circumstances, the unchangeable circumstances of your life. Let's try to be more content, especially this week, just as St. Paul did. And I'll pray for you. And if you would pray for me, I would really appreciate it because that is one of the secrets to experiencing peace, learning to be content. All right. If you have any questions, Gary at followingthetruth.com. God willing, I'm going to be back with you tomorrow for the Friday edition of the program. Have a fantastic night. Thanks for listening and may God bless you always.